0: and welcome to this week's edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. I uh, hope you're having a good weekend and uh, uh again as we always do we want to provide you information in this program to edify you during these uh, challenging and difficult times and I think the topic today you really can't do much better than the importance of prayer because that's pretty much the foundation if we don't have that uh, relationship with god in prayer on a daily basis well you know nothing else we do is really going to matter that much and that's why i was really uh, happy to hear from uh, a wonderful woman by the name of danielle Milliken, and she had emailed me suggesting that i speak to father ron hoy who serves he's a vincentian priest He uh, does a lot of parish missions, so he travels typically. Of course, nowadays, not much travel going on. But he's also the director and the host of what's called the God Minute Podcast, located online at thegodminute.org, 10-minute Catholic daily prayer podcast. And so we're going to talk about that and a whole lot of other things. So, uh, Father Ron Hoy, thanks so much for being with us today.
1: You betcha. I'm glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm sure a lot of people, including myself, are kind of quote meeting you for the first time. Uh, maybe your your upbringing, your call into the the, the priestly life, the choice of the Vincentians. Uh t- Tell us about yourself, if you would.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm 58. So I started uh, looking at a career, if you will, but certainly <laughs> the vocation from God back in the high school college time in my life and. A priest uh, came to our college and talked about the community that he belonged to, which was called Vincentians, founded by St. Vincent de Paul. So a lot of people know about St. Vincent de Paul, the society and stuff, but he also founded an order of priests and brothers. And the more he talked about his own vocation, the more I was interested and thought, wow, this is something that I might be interested in. And that's when I started talking to him and then entered the seminary and one thing led to another. And then in 1991, I was ordained a priest, in the Vincentian community, the Congregation of the Mission is the official title.
0: Yeah, when when people think of Saint Vincent de Paul, they often think of Saint Vincent de Paul Society because it's so common yeah. in parishes and dioceses. And uh, uh, I, I think you know, that that wasn't actually founded by Saint Vincent de Paul. That was founded by somebody else, and that was given that name. I think that's right. But what what was it about yeah. the uh, the charism, or what is the charism of the Vincentians that appealed to you? That kind of ties into your you know kind of day to day priestly life.
1: Well, actually, it's the same charism that all these incredible, incredible men and women in parishes around the world and in the Society of St. Vincent de Paul are drawn to, which was reaching out to help the people who are hurting, you know, who are marginalized, who have no voice, who, for whatever reason, need someone to lift them up. And that's what St. Vincent was all about. And Frederick Osnam, who was a student at the Sorbonne in Paris, Love the charism of St. Vincent, and he's the one that initiated the whole society. And that's what attracted me. It's like my dad was an oncologist, my mom a nurse. Helping people was a thing that I saw all the time. And I thought, that's what I want to do in my life somehow. And when this priest started talking about St. Vincent, and that's what he did, that's when I thought, well, maybe this. And sure enough, you know, I was ordained and I've done a lot of work in ministries in, uh, in my community, and it's all about just reaching out to help people either spiritually or physically, emotionally, somehow. Yeah, and uh, and that's in fact what the God Minute is all about as well.
0: Right, and there's always that uh, that balance that we should have between helping those you know through the corporal works of mercy and the the spiritual works of mercy, both uh, very important. Uh, and lately, it seems harder to do the first because we're not out and about as much and getting you know everybody's separated and social distancing and all yeah. that. But I guess I'm I'm guessing that with the the God Minute podcast you. You can really uh, help people, particularly with the spiritual works of mercy and, uh, you know, in improving their spiritual life, which hopefully would uh, I- I yeah. r- create us to have a desire to do more of the corporal works of mercy as well. So I guess that's my way of saying, can you tell us about the, the podcast and the origin of it and in, in, in more details?
1: Yeah, for sure. So my main ministry over the last uh, eight, nine years is I go out to parishes around the country who asked us to come to lead parish missions. So it's like a three-night revival, Catholic revival for Catholic parishes, and it's beautiful. Well, one of the things I kept hearing over the years is people's deep desire for this connection, as you mentioned at the beginning of the program, this relationship with God to grow in that. And, And that's what prayer is, as you mentioned. So people want so badly A form or some kind of help to lift them into that. And so I would tell people, well, there's a lot of great books. There's a lot of podcasts out there that can help you do that and yada, yada. But what I heard back from so many people is that, yeah, I know about this stuff, but it just doesn't connect with me for whatever reason. And one of those reasons I hear from people is that they're busy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, they're doing, they're going a mile a minute. And so they find less and less time to be able to sit down or to go to church, to be able to quiet and pray. And what I kept saying is, well, there's more ways to pray than just that. And that's why we created the God Minute. It's like, how can we help people pray that acknowledges the fact that they're busy so they can take prayer on the go, if you will. And how can we make that prayer beautiful in a way that will touch people's hearts and lead them to Jesus? And those were the two pieces of the God Minute that we thought, well, let's just try this to see if it resonates with people, if it's helpful. And if not, we don't do it. If it does, then we keep doing it. And we found out from the beginning, I thought it was kind of a pet project that people might enjoy and help. And it's just kind of blown up into this huge thing is just almost 10,000 people every day listen and pray with it. So it's resonating. God is using this in a way that it's just so beautiful and uh and humbling.
0: Yeah. And that yeah, ten thousand, that's a, a significant number, especially as splintered as the you know the the social media landscape is, and so many people doing a lot of good things, but people can only yeah you know, only do so many good things in a day. Um, I, I see here on the press release that Daniel sent over that the God Minute podcasts include scripture, music, a short reflection. Can you kind of, yeah. kind of give us an example? Are you using the the daily readings from Mass or what? Where where how are you letting scripture kind of guide this and and, and be the main topic of these podcasts?
1: Yeah, so it's based. The God Minute prayer is based on the Liturgy of the Hours of the Church, which, uh, which is as old as the Church itself, basically. But what we do is we take the form of it and just kind of condense it down again to about 10 minutes to recognize the fact that people want to pray, but they're also busy. So the form of the Liturgy of the Hours, as well as the God Minute, is the beginning is a psalm that we use, and then we have a piece of scripture that's just chosen randomly from the Bible, And then one of uh, the team members, there's 10 of us on the God Minute team, one of us reflects on that for about four minutes or so, and then we conclude with the Our Father together, a prayer of intercession, and then a final blessing. So all of that is about 10 minutes in length, which is what people really, really appreciate. I get emails, gosh, all the time from people just saying thank you, because it's beautiful, but it's not too long.
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I know so people that put stuff at... out
1: an hour, hour, and a
0: half, and I'm like, I, I just don't have time yeah, for that. Right.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah, and, and there's a lot of, well, not a lot, but there are a number of prayer podcasts out there, and I've listened to a good number of them before starting our own, because I asked myself, do we need to do another prayer podcast? But one of the things that I kept hearing from the other ones is the length of it, and I knew people can't do this today for whatever reason, good or bad. It's just, it's the reality. And what Pope Francis, you know, I mean, he's a big one on, we need to meet people where they're at, not where we want them to be. And where so many people are at, I hear over and over is they're busy and they don't have time. So the prayer has to incorporate in their busy lifestyle. So that's why we take the liturgy of the hours and we just kind of condense it down instead of three Psalms. Which the liturgy of the hours do we just use one psalm, hmm. for example? Yeah, um, and then the scripture is instead of a whole, you know, four or five, six verses of it, we just use a piece of scripture with just one or two verses. Hmm. So, yeah,
0: you, mean, you mentioned ten on the team. Uh, are the others Vincentian priests or uh, lay people or religious or who 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 else is on your team?
1: Yeah, so it's random people actually, but. Most of them um, are religious. So we have uh, like four uh, priests on Vincentian priests um, who are on the team. We have three daughters of charity. That's the sister community, the religious sisters that St. Vincent de Paul founded, the daughters of charity. Mm -hmm. So we have three daughters of charity who are on the team. We have a, a Carmelite sisters on the team, and then we have five lay people um in various ages we have two millennials because we thought that was really important to have you know one's in college one's just out of college we have a woman who has uh three kids and struggling in her own way with <laughs> married life so we wanted a team that kind of uh, you know expresses the kind of demographic of people that we're trying to reach, yes. which is, you know, young people, old people, old people who are working, religious, et cetera. So yeah, they're great. They're just beautiful people and a deep spirituality. So we're really blessed to have them. Yeah.
0: You know, 20, I don't have to tell you this, a 2020 has been uh, a year unlike <laughs> any other year. And I'm just wondering yeah. if the way we pray or maybe even our relationship with God, uh, for many people has has changed in the last six months, where maybe we just see more more evil, more bad stuff. And, you know, if you go on the news, it just seems like a lot of uh, things to get. And some people may say, I don't even know where God is in all this. And I'm just wondering if mm-hmm. if, if, if some of your topics or the prayer are topical to what kind of things that are happening in, in people's lives and in the news. Do, uh, do, yeah. do, do those uh, come up?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and in fact, we kind of make it a, a point in our reflections to bring in what's going on in our world and people's experience to the scripture. You know, so so one of the things that, as I mentioned before, I listened to some of these prayer podcasts that are out there, really beautiful ones, but one of the things that I reacted to them is reflections on scripture tended, in my opinion, to be a little uh, heady yeah. or, or therapy, if you will. And what we wanted is how can we bring God's promise and love and protection and bring it to what I'm living now and what I'm struggling with today? And that's the that's the important part, you know. And uh, so our reflections very much take into consideration where people are at today and what God promises and how that can affect me. You know, how can it turn me to him? So today's God Minute, in fact, the reflection spoke about just that, that thing. How is God, where can we find God in the midst of our own fears that are happening today?
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, my, my guest is Father Ron Hoy. He is the of uh, Vincentian priest, uh, ordained in 91. He's uh, been a priest for a long time. He's also uh, the host and director of the God Minute podcast. You can find it online at thegodminute.org, a 10-minute Catholic daily prayer podcast that includes scripture, music, short reflection. 10,000 people are taking uh, advantage of it on a daily basis and that's no small number. Uh, Father, I wanted to know if you have any advice i know like even my wife and i i like to get up in the morning have breakfast and then that's my prayer time after breakfast and she's more of like oh, yeah. before i go to bed uh, i i you know the last <laughs> thing i'll do is have some re- reflection time or middle of the day different personalities is it kind of whatever suits the person do you have a recommendation of when uh, somebody you know should watch this podcast listen to the podcast well, what yeah. do you think
1: well actually it's a it's an interesting question because when we started the podcast like two and a half years ago, the prayer, is I imagined it as a morning prayer because that's when I pray. So I wake up an hour before I need to, and that's my prayer time. So I thought, you know, well, a lot of people do that. But as I found yeah. out, that's not true. <laughs> and uh, so uh, so the prayer is, you know, I get, uh, we have a little, um, what do you call it, survey uh, a poll, if you will, on our website for people to take um, after they've listened a while that helps us understand if we're connecting with people, if we need to change things, you know, what works, what doesn't. And one of the questions we ask is, what time of the day do you listen to it? And I thought most of people would say in the morning. But you know what, it's it's pretty evenly divided between morning as I'm going to bed and then a lot of people is I take a walk, I walk my dog and I listen to the prayer podcast then and I pray then. Um, and in the afternoon at some point, some people working out, they listen to it. So it's really across the board and it doesn't make any difference. It's just we're busy. So if you have a moment and you want to, that's when you want to listen to be able to turn your heart and your spirit to God in prayer. So that can happen anytime.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: you just give the time, and God's going to bring His spirit to do the work.
0: Yeah, this may sound like a weird question, but uh, it's—I'd uh, love to get your answer on it. Is uh, you know, sometimes a podcast we can be passive uh, prayers where, okay, you know, Father, yeah. you know, you're just kind of taking it in, and you know, maybe there's nothing wrong with that. But how 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 do we? Activate our, you know, our, kind of incorporate ourselves into something that we're listening to passively. So it's not just you know Father Ron's prayer; it's it's our prayer. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So so you're asking kind of more how to keep the attention of people who are praying or not
0: not to just kind of like you mentioned about how you know praying while you're exercising and and, and or you know doing the yeah. dishes or what have you but to to make sure we're 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 really getting the most out of it from an active yeah. standpoint if if that makes I sense think. yeah
1: absolutely yeah and and i got to tell you this that that that's been on my mind quite a bit over the last couple of years talking about prayer listening to people talk about their own experiences of prayer and and a good number of people would talk about, they would pray in the shower, you know, because uh, for whatever reason, and and for that example, I thought, you know, well, is that really prayer really, you know, but then they started talking and it's like, you know what, I have four kids, my life is hectic, I'm going a mile a minute, the shower is the only place in my home that I have it to myself, and I don't hear it, and, and that's when I pray, and I was so humbled, it's like, how awesome is that? You know, uh, God yeah. is up there thinking, yes, I don't <laughs> care where you are. I don't care what you're doing. If you're thinking of me, that's all I want. Yeah. That's all I want. And so the prayer podcast, where because we, we have a lot of music that we put in the prayer itself, underlying, and people love that because it's just reflective kind of prayer, which helps the spirit of the person praying or listening kind of stay in the moment, you know, as opposed to just, talking. yeah. So the music is a big piece of that that helps people no matter what they're doing, taking a walk, doing dishes that keeps them kind of turned. But, you know, again, going back to the thing at the beginning, people are just busy. And so it's whenever you can find time and that your heart desires God, no matter what you're doing or nothing, that's when you ought to pray. Yeah, you know, yeah. and God will do the rest.
0: Right, right. But
1: for me, ideally, it's just finding that quiet place.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you know uh, you're saying don't don't we don't need to be too hard on ourselves. Sometimes I'll, I'll pray a rosary yeah. and think, did I pray that well enough? And I'm thought, well, you know what? I, yeah, pr- I exactly. prayed a rosary. I'm not going <laughs> to
1: give myself a grade. I, I, <laughs> I did the best yeah. I can. Or, uh, yeah, go you know, ahead. Or, Father. or I hear a lot of people. Yeah, I hear a lot of people when they're talking about their own prayer stuff and the desire for it is the big thing is I just have no time for prayer, you know, and I, and it's because so many people are thinking, well, the only way I can pray and really do justice to it is to create a quiet place, avoid all distractions and kind of just (laughs) be there for God. And ideally that's true, which is why we have, you know, monks that build monasteries out in the middle of the desert because they can keep the focus. Yeah. But we're not monks, you know, and a lot of us have families and this and that. So it's wherever you can find that time, even in the midst of activity, that's where God is. He's not in the quiet place. He's there, but he's also there when you're doing dishes or you're walking your dog. And that's that's why we call it the God minute prayer on the go, because it can be anywhere. Because we have our app that you can just listen to it from there as well. So,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. As you Great said question. that, I was I was thinking about yeah, as a father and husband, uh, three kids. Yeah, there is no quiet yeah. place in our house. But uh, yeah, but it's like you say that that's our yeah. <laughs> <The shower. laughs> All right, uh, Father Ron Hoy is my guest. We're down to a couple of minutes, and I just want to close out, uh, Father Ron, letting people know what they should do. I know I don't know if we mentioned that this is a free uh, download. There's no cost. Uh, thegodminute.org. Um, People have different levels of uh, proficiency with technology. how simple is it, and how can they how they can get it in their email every day or, or what 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 should they do
1: yeah so it, again it's depending on your proficiency, I suppose, but we did make it easy so so every morning we pray as this community the god minute the, and then we and then it's uploaded for uh-huh. everyone to access, and the way they can access it is on multiple platforms so it 's we have a Facebook account, The God Minute. You can get on that, and then The God Minute prayer comes to your account every day. Twitter, same way. Instagram, the same way. Also, and mainly, people just download our app, yeah. The God Minute app, on their iPhone or their Android, and then you can just listen to it right from there. It just pops up every day. Hit play, and it's just easy peasy, you know. Um, but it's whatever you know. It's whatever people are on whether it be YouTube or Facebook or whatever, that's where the just search the God minute and it'll show up. Yeah. So it's very easy. Yeah. yeah. You just, don't have to know anything about just community. make sure
0: if you bring that phone into the shower, it's a waterproof phone, right? <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Oh no, God will protect you, but let's be careful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want anybody saying, Hey, you got to pay for my phone. I just, I uh, went in the shower and it, <laughs> yeah, it, it exactly. broke. Uh, hey father, yeah. thanks so much. I uh, wanted to see if you can close us with a blessing here in a minute. Uh, just want to remind everybody, father, yeah. father, Ron Hoy is my guest, uh, Vincentian priest and director. director of the God Minute podcast. He just mentioned all the different ways you can take advantage of this uh, 10-minute Catholic daily prayer podcast, uh, thegodminute.org, Twitter, Facebook, uh, download the app, uh, a lot of different options for you. And uh, appreciate your time very much. So Father, if you don't mind just providing us a a blessing and we'll we'll, we'll bid, bid you a fair ado and hopefully many people will take advantage of this resource.
1: I hope so. And I appreciate the time to be able to share it with you. So thank you for that. And we ask almighty God, the source of all that is good and holy and beautiful to rest upon you and to wrap you in his protection and in his love in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Father. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and thanks again to Danielle Milliken. Uh, I always appreciate the people who uh, email me and suggest topics. It's how we do almost all of these because I uh, oh, we, we, we have a, a variety of topics. And if you are listening and you have a suggestion for this program, we love to talk uh, about a variety of of topics touching our Catholic faith here in North Texas. Uh, just email me with suggestions, Dave Palmer at. Grnonline.com. Thanks to Cecil Anderson for producing the program, and thanks to our guest, Father Ron Hoy. And thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless you.
3: St. Joseph and St. Paul Catholic Church Youth in Richardson are hosting a high school summer retreat for all incoming ninth graders through outgoing 12th graders. The Get Up and Move Summer 2020 retreat takes place Saturday, July 25th, from 9 30 AM to 8 p.m. at the St. Paul Parish Center in Richardson. Join them for dynamic talks with studentville speaker Brian Greenfield powerful worship, games, small groups, mass, adoration, and more. To register and for more information, visit josephcatholic.org forward slash events. Are you looking for a place to donate your gently used clothing to but are unable to drop them off at one of our locations? Worry not, the St. Vincent de Paul thrift store can help. We have over 40 donation bins available throughout the DFW metroplex. Find one near you today by visiting our website and for a complete list of acceptable items at svdpdallas.org/shop. That's svdpdallas.org slash shop. And remember, whether you are shopping or donating, you are giving at the St. Vincent DePaul Thrift Stores.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Glad you're with us. My name is Dave Palmer, host of this program. I love doing this program. I mention this all the time because I get to meet really interesting people and talk about really good things happening in our local Catholic community. And today is certainly no exception. I do want to say that Diane Xavier is running the board, so thanks to her and thanks to uh, our guests. One is a returning guest. Uh, I've interviewed her at least a couple of times, mm-hmm. maybe some live and recorded. Her name is Nicole Havrilla, and she is president and CEO of a wonderful, relatively new upstart um, called the Whole Life Authentic Care. Uh, it's a medical clinic, fertility care center in Fort Worth, and um, she has three doctors on her staff. And she'll explain what it's all about and. and We have one of the doctors here in studio with us, and her name is Dr. Christy King, and um, she has joined the clinic as an OBGYN. She's a native of Texas, and she has a degree from the University of Texas Health Center Science Center at San Antonio. She also completed a gynecology residence program in Buffalo with the Sisters of Charity Obstetrics and Gynecology, and also has Creighton Medical Training up in Omaha at the Pope Paul VI Institute. And so she comes with a lot of uh, training. So welcome to both of you, and thank you for both taking time out of your busy day to be here.
3: Yes, thanks for having us this afternoon.
0: All right. Well, Nicole, let me let me start with you, because I know there are people listening that are saying, whole life, uh, what? Uh, I didn't hear those other interviews you were talking about. So let's start from the beginning. What is whole life authentic care? Uh, the history, how long you've been doing this, and a little bit maybe about yourself as well.
3: Yes, yeah, so Whole Life Authentic Care is a nonprofit medical office that we have mm-hmm. here in DFW. Uh, we started off back in 2014 raising the funds to be able to bring these physicians to North Texas. Uh, it started with an idea that we had a missing link here in the community to have authentic Catholic care that would join the other pro life um, physicians that are in the area.
0: Mm-hmm. I love the name because every part of that name means something. The authentic, the whole life, the care. I mean, it's just like it's packed with meaning. And I should also mention that Nicole and her husband, George, proud parents of three children, and they worship over at St. Patrick's Cathedral in downtown Fort Worth. And you came into this really with your own personal story of uh, being treated in Omaha yourself. And I guess this was kind of the the driving force for you wanting to dedicate your career and your vocation to this, right?
3: Yes. So the underpinning of the clinic is that we offer NAPRO technology. Uh, We're an OBGYN office, family practice office that's able to see you. And if there's an infertility issue, all physicians are trained in NAPRO technology. Mm -hmm. And uh, 15 years ago, when George and I married at St. Michael's in Bedford uh, and started charting my cycle, we realized that we were going to have a struggle with infertility and who was going to be able to help us with that. Well, 15 years ago, there were no physicians in Texas offering this. And in September of 2008, after many months of charting, we traveled to Omaha and Dr. Thomas Hilgers at the Pope Paul VI Institute uh, did surgery on me for endometriosis. And there's something totally different being taught and done up there in Omaha from a surgical standpoint. And since then, I've not had a reoccurrence of the endometriosis, which is usually what women Mm -hmm. struggle with is that coming back. And uh, seven months after surgery, eight months after surgery, we conceived Claire, our um, oldest daughter, who's 10. And due to the charting, we knew that I would probably have a high rate for miscarriage for the babies. And so we monitored progesterone levels through uh, the pregnancies. And I need progesterone support for 37 weeks of Mm. the pregnancy. Uh, When we moved here to Fort Worth, in 2011-2012 frame, and conceived our second daughter, Alice, it was a struggle to find somebody to take me seriously that because of charting, I knew that I needed progesterone support. And uh, with Alice's pregnancy, I even had a provider locally say, well, you've never had a miscarriage. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I, I don't because I chart my cycle in my first pregnancy. We knew that I needed help. And the physician said, you're being overworked by your doctor in Omaha. I'm not going to draw your progesterone levels. We'll just let you miscarry the pregnancy as a diagnostic tool. And so we almost lost little Alice. We ended up finding a provider that would listen and um, ran my progesterone levels at 10 weeks pregnant. They were they were low. They were very dangerously low. I had been cramping at that time and got the proper dosage on board. And we were able then to uh, carry her to full term. And so as a community member, I saw other women struggling, but not with as much knowledge as I had to
2: mm-hmm.
3: call Omaha or call down to Houston to find a doctor that could help me. And so I felt that with George and I being blessed with the three kids, that I owed it to other women to be able to bring this uh, to our community. So with my co-founder, Mandy Cox, and I was when we set off
0: to mm-hmm. do it. And then Mandy ended up uh, moving to Colorado, she, Colorado right, Springs and you're Yes. Left, yes. And you're not a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot. Because hey, I think the last time we spoke, you were really looking for doctors, yes. and now you found three wonderful ones, including Doctor King, who we're going to uh, talk to here in a moment as well. It's really grown a lot, mm-hmm. and the having the uh, official doctors on staff allows you to do a lot more, right? So, what are some of the other services? And I know each of the doctors has a little bit of a different yeah. specialty, so maybe you can speak about the other two in particular.
3: Yes, it did. it took a lot of community support. Whole Life is is built on twenty five dollars a month donations um, that have been coming in since 2014. Uh, We have 6,000 square feet of medical space, uh, right 10 minutes from the hospital district in Fort Worth. And in that 6,000 square feet, half of it's divided into OBGYN space. And so we hired Dr. Melissa Weidert uh, in May last year. And through the process of bringing her on, we opened November 5th. We started seeing patients in that that new office space. And a couple months later, um, we brought Dr. Christy King on board um, and having her be the second OBGYN that then partners uh, with Dr. Weidert. Um, During the COVID um, experience that we had, we pushed through and brought on Dr. Sally Kurz as family practice doctor. Mm -hmm. So we have her on the other side of the space. And if I might just segue a little bit, the COVID experience and being able to have patients see their provider, we've remained open. We've done telemedicine. Uh, Patients have reached out to us with everything from depression to just their baby's well visits Mm -hmm. and being able to be seen. So each of the providers that we have... um all of them being trained in, in pro-life healthcare of offering NAPRO technology, but each of them being able to serve the community a little bit differently.
0: Yeah. One last question, then we'll go to Dr. King. Mm-hmm. It, it, what is the relationship with the Diocese of Fort Worth? Is it a formal relationship, or just I'm sure you have, they, you have their blessing yes. Bishop Olson, yes. but what is that relationship?
3: So, back in the very beginning we went to Bishop Olson to um, uh, ask for support in being able to speak from the pulpit to raise money, and yeah. he gave us a letter of support and so a lot of priests have brought us right in to be able to announce the clinic and ask for donations at mass uh everything that we've been able to need from him he's has said yes to and been able to support so we're our own separate nonprofit uh in that we are approved by the diocese but there's no formal connection to the two
2: Mm
0: -hmm. all right well very good again we are speaking about whole life authentic care Located 1000 Bonnie Bray Avenue in Fort Worth. Uh, their website, com. Their president and CEO, Nicole Havrilla, is here along with uh, OBGYN Dr. Christy King, who we has been patiently waiting, and uh, we're going to bring her into the conversation now. Long bio here, uh, native of Texas, and you've, as I mentioned, you went to Buffalo and uh, worked with the Sisters of Cherry Obstetrics and Gynecology Residency Program, and then completed your Creighton Medical Consultant training in Omaha. Uh, what else uh, about yourself, and uh, maybe just your background, and then we'll talk about uh, your work with Whole Life Authentic Care.
4: All right. Um, I so I grew up in I grew up in Burleson, and that's where I did all my uh, schooling. And then I actually came over to the Dallas side, and I went to the University of Dallas. Um, mm. And then I was down in San Antonio for medical school, uh, and all these were pretty consecutive. and uh, And then, uh, for residency, I specifically was looking for a uh, a place where I could train and still follow the ethical and religious directives. And there aren't very many programs around the country that really support that. and so I was very fortunate to find Sisters of Charity. Um, and so that's where I was for four years for my training. And it was a wonderful experience, um, from not only the training aspect, but also, um, just having the support of, uh, providers who were also already practicing, um, with the ethical and religious directives. Mm-hmm.
0: So whole life authentic care is a perfect combination between you, your your morals, your faith, and then what, and also your practice as well. I'm just curious when you're going through medical school and you're kind of seeing the way the country is going and what uh, was, is it concerning that, you know, I, I can be able to find a job where I can be authentically Catholic as an OBGYN, was that, was that a concern of yours?
4: So I, I don't know that it was a concern of mine, and maybe that was just the grace that I was granted, just yeah. having that peace in my heart that it was going to be fine and that I would be able to find a job eventually. Um, so maybe that was just a special grace. But I will say, even before I went to medical school, plenty of people dismissed the idea of me becoming an OBGYN because they said, you will face hardships and trying to get a job, people will like not take you seriously. How will you ever make money if you're not prescribing contraception mm-hmm. or doing tubal ligations? And so I would say even from Catholics, um, mm. I I was given that recommendation not to go into OBGYN. And so in, in medical school, you kind of get your feet wet in all the different specialties, but it still was really tugging at my heart to, um, to practice ob And so that's, I mean... When, when God calls you, you just answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I know that you do menopause care, uh, primarily you're a general obstetrics and gynecologist, and you know, nobody's life has been normal the last few months. And so what you've been doing the last few months is probably not typical of what you were doing before or maybe hopefully a year from now. But a, a typical day or a typical um, uh, client or I guess if, if a patient, uh, who, who who comes and sees you and what kind of uh, services do you provide?
4: Correct. Nothing has been normal. Um, <laughs> I, I started with whole life uh, approximately two weeks before. Pretty much everything shut down. So um, our normal day right now is um, just building the practice. Um, But in general, um, one of the great things about the OBGYN field is the variety of patients that we're able to see and help. So on an average day, um, even before or I guess before COVID, I might see a handful of pregnant women at Mm -hmm. different gestational ages. I might see a couple of people coming in for just their regular well women exam, and that can be anything from a 19-year-old who's you know just coming in for their first OBGYN visit to a 66-year-old woman who is you know, just wanting to get their mammogram order and their well women's exam and talk about um, just different issues that, uh, that uh, we address at that age. Um, and then we might see some other problem visits. So anything from abnormal bleeding to um, pelvic pain to um, unusual discharges, just a variety of, mm-hmm. of complaints that come up. And then on days that you're on call, you might go into the hospital and deliver a baby or have minor procedures. So one of the great parts of the specialty, at least to me, was the great variety in my schedule. I'm not usually very bored. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I was going to say, thanks be to God, people are still having babies and people still need care. Tell us more specifically about the menopause care and what you provide for women in that regard.
4: So when when I left residency, I um, started seeing a variety of patients of all different ages and I found that uh, our training, and this is probably true across the country, is really lacking in uh, care for perimenopausal women and uh, and women in menopause. So I sought out uh, the only source that is really out there for menopausal care, and that's the North American Menopause Society. And I went through their training uh, to become a, um, a menopause practitioner. And really what that involves is uh, you would be surprised, but there are a variety of topics that uh, come up around menopause, including abnormal bleeding Different symptoms like hot flashes um, and insomnia, but also different things like headaches and um, having like some of that, um, I guess, uh, brain fog. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I know
0: about that. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>.
4: <laughs> um, and so it was. It's really uh, been a great part to, of my practice to be able to address just. The anticipatory guidance for women about to go through menopause or women who are in menopause, um, but also to treat some of the issues that they're they're addressing that are or that they're experiencing that are uh, really affecting their life.
0: Mm-hmm. How does the Napro technology, the Creighton training, play a part in your role as a doctor?
4: So, um, so Napro technology is really um, a science that's based on. The Creighton model, so it's a fertility awareness-based method, um, and that can be used for natural family planning. Mm-hmm. But the model specifically can be used with some medical applications to treat um, all sorts of GYN um, issues, specifically like abnormal uterine bleeding, uh, premenstrual syndrome, which affects a lot of women, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then also infertility. Um, and on the surgical aspect that my my partner does is more on the endometriosis side or the surgical applications.
0: Yeah, we are talking about whole life authentic care and delighted to have in studio with me Nicole Havrilla, the president and CEO, and also one of her doctors, uh, Dr. Christy King, uh, who is an OBGYN and uh, a whole list of uh, things that she does. Some of the words I can pronounce uh, (laughs) like hysteroscope Hysteroscopy, is that yes, right? Yes, you <laughs> and nailed it. La- Laparoscopy <laughs> and a lot of scopies, and so. Uh, but God bless you for what you're doing. It's. Uh, I, I want to go back to Nicole now, as far as the uniqueness of what Whole Life Authentic Care provides for women, as opposed to other services, because mm-hmm. obviously other people are delivering babies and mm-hmm. providing care, but this is unique, uh, and. Um, in 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 what way is is it different from other options that people have?
3: Well, Sue, so just a moment ago when Dr. King was talking about, as she would share with. Um her friends and her family about choosing OBGYN as a Catholic physician, Mm -hmm. that how are you going to make money? How is this going to work? A lot of Catholics self-select out from these fields because they're afraid of being able to find work at the end. Right. Uh, And so being able to have an office that is um, authentic uh, in the way we treat uh, everyone that walks in the door, right? Like we, we will provide services and care to everyone that walks in the door and being able to have, have, um physicians that offer something where we respect that the woman charts her cycle while we specialize in the Creighton model of charting all natural family planning methods are welcomed in our mm-hmm. office the physicians know how to ma- how to review those charts work with the women Creighton is going to be your gateway into napro technology but taking temperature or any of the other methods the listeners may be using, When you walk in, our physicians are all familiar with that. Mm -hmm. In comparison to another office, where that's considered old calendar method. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one does that. Um, a lot of, um, I would say, women were giving us feedback that while their doctor would be okay with them using a natural family planning method, didn't want to look at their chart. Uh, because as, as she was talking earlier, even finding residency programs across the country that have natural family planning in it for them to be able to be exposed to um, is rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to, f- to build an office where those physicians could find jobs in our community, and those patients could find physicians. We opened with 900 women waiting to book an appointment oh, wow. uh, on our list. Uh, and so being able to, to serve that community that was not not being served. And
0: the demand is still very high?
3: Well, so during COVID right now, people have been a little shy to come in. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so we have taken all safety precautions. Uh, there's no one in our waiting room. You pretty much come right to your car into the exam room. Uh, we're able to manage our patient flow that way. Yeah, Um, And uh, some of our patients have said, you know, I'm on the list, but I'm not sure about coming in, but it's completely safe to come in. All of our providers are able to see them, our staff all of those different things yeah. for it
2: so
0: let's uh, you mentioned and if i got this number right that mm-hmm. you're about $200,000 mm-hmm. shy of your fundraising goal and i want to talk about that and also if people go to the website wholelifeac.com they'll see that there's a list of needs like fetal monitoring room $30,000 a family practice physician workstation for 20,000 mm-hmm. you know not a lot of people listening are thinking oh yeah, yeah I'll go right, write that I, check right, tomorrow right, but right. you know there's also a thousand Dollar donations, uh, friends of whole life. So what? What? Be more. Uh, tell us about the need and also how people can help you if they so uh, feel so inspired.
3: Right. So we remodeled a 1950s church. Um, in the exam rooms, there's stained glass. Um, we basically took a took this building and gutted out the inside and turned it into a physician office. Was it a Catholic church? Uh, no, it was actually oh. not a Catholic oh, okay. church. Uh, but the building has been blessed and there's a chapel upstairs. Yeah. Uh, the chapel's not. Finished yet? Just as we were coming to the final three months of construction, uh, COVID hit, uh-huh. and so I'm two hundred thousand short on our construction. The practice is fine. The phys- the physician office, from a perspective of our staff and all of that is fully funded with all the support we've had for the mm-hmm. last uh, several years. But when we decided to go into six thousand square feet, yeah. I took on a new goal of a construction budget that I had to raise for, and um, COVID put the breaks on a lot of that so anyone listening right now that goes to the website can see those items that you listed Um, and it basically it's going for the rest of the construction so that we have the beautiful space
0: Whole WholeLifeAC.com is the website. Nicole Haverla, President and CEO, along with Dr. Christy King. I want to give each an opportunity. We're about out of time, believe it or not. It's gone by fast for me. I don't know about y'all, but uh, <laughs> it went by fast. And uh, I'll give you the last word, Nicole, if there's anything else you'd like to say to our listeners about uh, any needs you have. I don't know if you're looking for volunteers or staff members or anything else, and just whatever's on your mind. But uh, Dr. King, I was wondering, I, I just imagine people may be listening right now that are thinking about your field. Maybe it's a, a high school student. Uh, or I don't know, who knows, a college student. Uh, what would be your advice for somebody who does want to not compromise their values and they want to live authentically and be a faithful Catholic, but they are in, they're drawn to this field? What's your advice to them?
4: I would say that the, um, when I was given... The, I guess, discouragement of going into the field of Uh OBGYN, I really did dismiss it. And since I have gotten, I guess, this far in my career, um, well, I guess since I graduated from residency, I have found that people are very excited that I'm a Catholic provider Uh and that they can come to a provider who shares their, their beliefs. Um, and so I really have felt supported along the whole way, um, and so I, I guess I wouldn't say that that is something that they should discourage. And mm-hmm. really, if they, are, um, if they feel like they are being called, um, then they should, they should seek that out and see, yeah. see what's going on there. When I first started practicing, um, I was in Baltimore before I moved back to Fort Worth. Uh, and when I first started uh, practicing in Baltimore, I would have patients come in that said, we were praying for you before we even like knew that we needed an extra provider here. We were praying for you to come to our community. And I mean, what a joy even
0: knew who you were, right? Yes, Uh, Yeah. 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 So
4: what a, what a joy to practice in a place where people are already praying for you and continue to pray for you in your practice. Um, And I think that's true here too. I mean, I know, Nicole was uh, definitely like uh, encouraging prayer for for our practice. Yeah. Um, long before Dr. White or, Dr. Kurz and I uh, signed on.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, you know God takes care of those who are faithful to Him in one way or another. You know, if we just remain faithful, God's going to take care of us. Well, well, thank you for what you do. Thank you for uh, bringing your talent and your work to the to to so many women who uh, are being served at Whole Life Authentic Care. And as promised, uh, Nicole, last word, anything else you want to convey to our, our listeners?
3: Yes, I'll share two things. As you said that right now, we had people walking around the perimeter of our building praying while it was under construction. Mm. I would get emails or someone would stop by and say, oh, we were praying in the parking lot. Uh, so this has all been a call from God uh, to be able to um, take this charge up and build whole life. Um And the second thing I'll say is, uh, right now, you can also follow us on Facebook. Uh, Just search Whole Life Authentic Care. Uh, Due to COVID, again, uh, we haven't been able to have a grand celebration and an opening. Still uh, haven't had an opening. uh, uh, So, I mean, um, people are obviously being able to come in um, to the space. um, But uh, we'll be um, virtually introducing our staff uh, over the coming weeks. uh, And you can see the building photos that are there. In some of the pictures of the inside of the clinic, also. And as soon as we're able to safely celebrate, uh, we will do that.
0: All right. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Uh, Nicole Havrilla, President, CEO, and also Dr. Christy King and OBGYN, who does a, a whole lot of, of great work at the Whole Life Authentic Care. Visit their website, learn about them, and pray for them. <music>
1: Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.